Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Well, I, uh, yesterday I saw a post on Instagram and it said, what a year we've had this week. And uh, it's, a, it's a strange time, isn't it? It's a time like no other. And, and that's really kind of what it feels like, I know, for, for many of us at the moment. I'm sure, like me, you are feeling some of the challenges, some of the push and, and some of the weight of this time. The coronavirus is impacting us all in some way or another. Many of us are are feeling exhausted by the amount of extra decisions we have to make. Have have you you felt that? And the amount of uh, extra things we have to think through at this time. Some of us have been self-isolating after travelling. Some of us have had to cancel long-awaited travel plans. Some of us are nurses and doctors and, and you've been working around the clock to help people. You've been working around the clock to provide the right information and up-to-date information in order to put the right measures in place. Some of us have even dared to venture to the shops and found that quite a, a frustrating experience. Some of us who run or manage businesses We've been making major decisions in quick time, trying to ensure the, the health of your, of your staff, trying to ensure the health of your, your customers and also to put in measures in place so that you can continually be financially viable. As some of us have had to cancel major events we've been looking to for months and others are considering and trying to work out ways forward to create new plans. Some of us are wondering about our ongoing job security. Who will watch the kids if the schools do close? And will my retirement funds come back? And I guess all of us are asking the question as well, how will I connect with friends and family in this time of physical distancing? There's no doubt about it, our world has changed whether or not we like it or not. And I want to encourage us that this is a time that acknowledge, sorry, that this is a time of real challenge. It is a time of real stress. And your feelings are valid and they are important. And so as followers of King Jesus, how, how do we respond well to this time? How do we respond to the challenges and the uncertainty of this situation? Well, I'm glad at this time that we are journeying through the book of Mark. I did wonder whether or not we would preach something different today, but as I read through chapter 9 of Mark, God laid a number of things on my heart that I wanted to share with us today that actually connect really well with the situation that we find ourselves in. So we're in Mark chapter 9 today, and we're going to pick it up in a moment from verse so if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to find them and uh, open, the, open them up to Mark chapter 9, verse 2. If you are joining us online, 
then uh, you can use the Bible prompt that you'll see in the right-hand corner as well, and you can just find Mark chapter 9, verse 2. But today I want to look at three events and what they have to say to us about King Jesus and the response as his followers in this unusual time. So let's have a read. Mark chapter 2, verse 9. The scripture will also be on your screen as well. After six days... Jesus took Peter, James and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. And we'll talk about that in a moment. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. This this is one of the most epic and dramatic moments in all of Scripture. And in Mark's Gospel, it is one of the crucial and pivotal turning points as we journey into the last week of Jesus' life. This moment is called the transfiguration. Transfigured here implies a revealing of one's true nature. Here, we are seeing Jesus' true nature as Israel's Messiah and King being revealed to us in a way that is more beautiful and elevated than before. Here we see Jesus immersed in the love and power of the Kingdom of God, so much so that it transforms His whole being with light. What an, what an amazing scene. What a, what a dramatic and powerful moment. And if seeing Jesus in dazzling white wasn't extraordinary enough, the experience then of Moses and Elijah take this moment up another notch. You see, Moses and Elijah are heroes and important figures of the Jewish faith. You see, both of them had been part of amazing mountaintop experiences where they talked with God. But the picture that Mark is wanting you and I to see right here, the picture that Mark is painting for us here, is that even though Jesus stands beside two heroes of the Jewish faith, even though Jesus stands beside two of the most important people of Israel, Jesus is superior to them. In fact, they look ordinary in comparison to the power and the beauty of the transfigured Jesus. They were great, but Jesus is greater. But Peter, it seems, missed this point. Have a look at verse 5 and and verse 6. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And don't we love verse 6? He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Don't you just love Peter? In one of the most significant and historic moments in all of history, Peter was so stunned and he ends up getting it all wrong and misses the point. I can imagine kind of Elijah saying to Moses, who who is this guy? Who bought this guy? Peter was frightened and in his fear and shock, he surprisingly calls Jesus rabbi when just a week earlier he had confessed him as the Messiah, the Christ. And his offer to build tents for all three of them seems to mistakenly put Jesus on par with Elijah and Moses. Peter seems to have failed to recognise Jesus' true rank and identity at this time. We then read in verse 7, 
Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. These words sound familiar to us, don't they? Verse 7 is an affirmation from heaven echoing the words of Jesus' baptism. But did you spot the difference? The difference was at the end, the final command. We hear the voice from heaven says, listen to him, listen to him. And I think at this point, this is when the penny began to drop for Peter and he began to join the dots and he realised Jesus' true identity as Israel's Messiah and the Son of God. Church, at this time, listening to Jesus is not just good advice for Peter, James and John, but it is good advice for you and me. This challenge is an opportunity for you and I to listen to him. Maybe for the first time, maybe more than you do. Listening here is more than just hearing. It means obeying. As we listen more to Jesus, we will discover more of what he is doing in this situation and more of the ways that he is wanting to reshape us and use us. We will hear him speak words of hope words of love and words of strength into us for the road ahead. And verse 8 says, Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. I love this. I love this, that we are told they saw nothing but Jesus. Only Jesus. Church, at this cultural moment, I believe we need to look up and see Jesus for who he is to. We need to see his greatness. We need to see his glory, his beauty, his power, and see his love break through and shine into our hearts and our minds. Why? Because in seasons like this, it is revelations like this that sustain us and help us through. I wonder today, have you had a revelation of who Jesus really is? You see, peace in the midst of panic comes when we see Jesus and experience his presence with us. Peace comes from knowing that Jesus is the head of our church, that Jesus is the head of the church, that he is the one who holds all things together. He is the one who is supreme in the beginning and is supreme in the end. Church, look up. Look up and see Jesus. In this time, get a, a fresh and a, a new revelation of him, of his grace, of his beauty, of his power. As I was reflecting on the significance of the transfiguration for us, I, I also wondered if God was actually transfiguring the church at this moment too, revealing to us the true nature of the church and, and what it means to be the church, transforming the church into something more beautiful and more wonderful. This cultural moment that we find ourselves in may well be the beginning of a new and beautiful, a transfiguring that God wants to do in and through us as individuals, through us, his church. And I'm believing this, that our best days are still ahead for us and for the church. So let us continue, because Jesus 
comes down the mountain now with Peter, James and John. And I want us to pick up this story in verse 21. Have a look at verse 21. It says this, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? So a father has come to Jesus. His son is in great need and he's bringing him to Jesus. And the man answers, from childhood he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. See, talk about a a significant family need. The father has come to Jesus suffering a, a parent's most horrible nightmare. And we see the father here almost makes his request with a, with a shrug of the, of the shoulders. Jesus, if you can, if you can, please help. But don't you just love Jesus' reply? Have a look at what he says. If you can, if you can. It's like Jesus is saying, what is this if you can language? Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Verse 24 is an honest and an authentic cry, isn't it, from a father's heart. It's a prayer of doubt and faith together. You see, in moments like this, it is possible to doubt and despair, to cut, for doubt and despair to come and nudge out faith. But in this time of challenge and uncertainty, let us be like the Father who even in his wrestling and his doubts came to Jesus and asked for help. You see, at this time, many of us are concerned about many things. But one of the things we are concerned about is our family, the health of our family, the health of our parents, our grandparents, our kids. And I love that this story teaches us that Jesus cares that Jesus cares about you, that Jesus cares about your family. You need to know today that you and your family and our whole Ross Trevor family know and matter to God. See, God sees everything you're going through. God cares about everything you're going through and God has the power to answer prayer. And so this challenge offers us a great opportunity for all of us to grow together in prayer. With many needs at a family and a global level, let us ask for help for ourselves. But let it not stay there. Let's especially ask for help for others. There is significant impact on the hospitality industry, casual workforce, small business owners, healthcare workers, community leaders, vulnerable people and more. And it can be easy to become overwhelmed and worry about the situation. Instead, can I encourage us to be people who come to God, even in our fears and our doubts, and pray, calling on Him to move and believing that He will act. Psalm 121 teaches us that God is our help in times of need. Have a look at what it says. It says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So let us be a community at this time that comes to him in prayer. It comes to him believing that he is one who can act. And in Philippians 4, Paul knows this to be true. 
And Paul teaches us to bring our prayers and requests to God at this time. Have a look at what Philippians 4 says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Just as an aside, how important is that today? In a world where everyone's rushing around and it's frantic and there's not a lot of gentleness going on, let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near, Paul says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, bring your, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, listen to this, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a powerful message for us today. And finally this morning, I want us to turn to verse 33. Uh, the disciples are with Jesus and they're on their way to Capernaum. And, uh, and we'll pick it up uh, from verse 33. It says this, They came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, that is, Jesus asked the disciples, what were you arguing about on the road? Uh, but the disciples kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest, about who was the most important. It's probably a good idea for them to keep quiet. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and he said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. When I read that, I just thought, wow, that is a really important word for us at this time as well. You see, this is a timely challenge for us today. Jesus was not only a king, he was a servant king, a king who ultimately gave his life for you and me. I wonder, what will it look like for you during this cultural moment to be the servant of all? Let us not think of how important we are. Let us be the people who won't fear, panic or stuff our trolleys at the expense of others who don't have the money to stock up or the time to beat the crowds. As followers of Jesus, we have a responsibility to look after the old, the young, the ill, the disabled and the scared. We may have to isolate physically at this time, but we must not isolate spiritually, emotionally or practically. You see, Jesus taught us all to be the servant of all. He taught us that every life was sacred, that every life mattered, that we are our brothers and our sisters' keepers. He taught us to love and care for everyone. You know, when the plagues went through the Roman Empire in the early years of Christianity, the wealthy Romans fled the city, as did the physicians and the priests. But it was the Christians who stayed. They took care of people who were sick and dying. Sociologist Rodney Starr claims that the death rate in cities with Christian communities may have been just half that of other cities at the time of the early plagues. You see, Christians were known for their love, the way they cared for the sick, the way they shared with others and served others and spoke hope and attended to people's needs when no one else would. These faithful, other-focused choices led to the spread of Christianity. This challenge is an opportunity for us to truly be the church, to serve one another and to love our neighbour. 
In John 13, 35, we read these words. A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you all, mo- you all must love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This week and over this next period of time, however long it is, would we be a church that ensures that we check in with people, that we make sure that our vulnerable friends and family are contacted and that they have everything that they need? Will you step out and help where you can? Use the gift of technology to email, message, Skype and text people to connect. Today, our world seeks courageous people who display the best of humanity not the worst. It seeks people of wisdom, healing and peace. As followers of Jesus, it is time to make faith-filled choices with our time, our money, our attention, our words and our actions so that we will see the works and the words of God displayed in unexpected ways. We are the church and we are here for the world. We're all in this together. And we will all get through this together. Would you come and pray with me? Maybe right where you are, you might want to close your eyes together. You might want to gather with your family and others who you're with and just pray. Would you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we come now and we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are, as we've seen in this passage today, this world's true Lord and King that you are the Messiah, that you are the promised one, that you are the promised King. Lord, we come now and we want to listen to Jesus. We want to tune our ears more and more into you, more and more into what you're wanting to say to us at this time. And Lord, we want to be people who listen to you, but also who come to you knowing that you care for us. We come to you and we ask of you, We want to be like the Father who comes and even in his fear, even in his doubt, he comes and he says, help me, Jesus. So Lord, I pray that for each of us, our prayer life would grow. Our intimacy with you would grow. But Lord, we also ask that our impact into our communities to love and to care and to serve would grow. Lord, I don't know exactly all the ways that you're going to use this time for your glory and for your kingdom come. But Lord, I pray that you would would just show us new ways, that you would show us ways that we can love, ways that we can serve, ways that we can care, ways that we can truly be the church at this time. So Lord, we trust you. We thank you for who you are. And we want to give you all the glory and all the praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like prayer, if you would like any care, then please, would you let the hosts know right now? There's little buttons that you can press to to let them know. Or if you're on Facebook Live, why don't you just put it into the comments or something there as well. And of course, you can go to the hub rbc.org.au and there you can log any of your prayer or care requests as well at this time. Let us be that community who continually loves and cares for one another. Well, we're going to close our time together today in worship and in praise. So wherever you are, let us respond and thank him for his goodness and for who he is.
Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through the hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.